Welcome once again to Saturday Java with Jason. I am Jason Coffee Man. This is where we meet with guests, drink coffee, and just have a great conversation. I'm here with Lorraine Robinson. She plays the piano. She's been playing for 32 years. Uh, she plays classical. She also plays for churches, and sometimes she does funerals. So I'm going to turn the time over to Lorraine right now, and she's going to give you more of an introduction. Thank you for having me, and um, I'm really excited to get to chat with you. So like you mentioned, I am a professional pianist. I most often fill in for churches who need a Sunday pianist. And occasionally I will do the odd funeral or wedding, which is fun to break up the routine. And I also love to play just, I do a fair amount of coffee shop concerts, which is really fun. And whenever I can get together with other musicians and do some ensemble is also a lot of fun. And so in addition to being a professional pianist, I am the Painless Piano Coach. And one of the things I've gotten to do that I am most proud of is that I was a cast member on season seven of the entrepreneur reality show, The Blocks. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Now you mentioned the Painless, painless Piano Coach, which is a tongue twister. Now, <laughs> can you tell what that is? And what caused you to have the pain? Because I bet there's a lot of people out there who play the piano, the cello, and the violin, guitar. All these things need to have correct posture. Can you tell what you went through and what kind of posture can cause what kind of pain? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was about 16 or 17, I was practicing three or four hours a day because by that time I had decided that I wanted to be a piano teacher and a performance pianist. And I was unaware that I didn't have the right posture that really worked with the way my body was designed to work, the way joints and muscles and ligaments should all be moving. So I was causing my body to work harder than it needed to. And as a result, I developed inflammation, which is better known as carpal tunnel and tendonitis. And I got to the point where I could only practice for about 10 minutes a day before my hands would lock up into claws. And I had no control over them really whatsoever until that tension eased. And I would mentally cross my fingers before my recitals and hope that this time would not be the time that my hands locked up in front of the whole audience because that would have been mortifying. So I muddled through for a couple more years until I moved to a new town and I was looking for a new piano teacher and found an amazing mentor who actually did not even have room in her studio but when she found out that I was already teaching students of my own at that point, she made space for me very graciously. I am forever grateful and indebted to her because she literally gave me the piano back. When I had been a, a little bit younger, 16 and 17, and had decided this was what I wanted to do, 
I literally felt fear that now I decided what I really want to do with my life and what kind of piano teacher can't even play the piano. So I wasn't sure for a while whether that would actually be a legitimate reality for me to pursue as an adult. But when I met with this new piano mentor, I was able to work with her for, oh, probably a couple of years before I had to move away. And she showed me how to shift my posture, how to shift the way I held my arms and hands, and how to incorporate specific movements while playing that would release tension so that I could play even more artistically than I had before. So when you see concert pianists do their flourishes at the piano, that's not entirely showmanship. It is based in proper technique to release tension and it just looks cool as well. Now, have you now since you have been getting this pain, have you felt like you can do more without it acting up since you've been having the correct posture and doing things the correct way? Absolutely. I was able to play more difficult music with more ease and with the musical artistry like I was mentioning the flourishes that you think of as showmanship and things like that, that all came back and then some after I was able to work with my piano mentor for that time. And so during, during my time on the blocks, the reality show, I was encouraged by the coaches there to really pivot and focus my what I offer to piano students in this niche more of showing them how to play painlessly because most piano teachers don't actually know that. And I have something more to offer than the average piano teacher. Now, what about your confidence since you've been teaching and doing it the correct way? Your confidence must be higher, too, knowing that I can do more than what I could. Definitely. And it is really satisfying to hear the feedback and testimonials from my piano clients who have worked with me, who come to me with the same issues that I had when I was in high school and I'm able to show them how to shift and make those changes and they leave after a few months and they're able to play with so much more freedom and they are as happy as I was to be given the piano back and it it's incredibly satisfying. Now, I know there's like braces you can wear when you have like an arm injury or what. Do they actually make things like a brace to actually go over your wrist 
that can actually like control your wrist so it doesn't flop around so that you can actually control so that you can actually know how to hold it? That is a really good question. To my knowledge, there is not something like that for musicians. But even if there were, in my opinion, it probably wouldn't be the best option because I want to show my piano clients how to move with freedom in the proper way and not be held in any certain posture or position. Right, because even playing the guitar, like I said, or playing the piano, anything like that, that, or even if you're typing or you're writing for a long period of time, everybody says that you should have a correct posture because if you're sloped over, even on the computer, that's going to give you a bad back, a bad neck, and pretty soon it's going to really kill you after a while. It's going to really put a strain on things. So correct posture, like Lorraine is saying, is a big thing. You got to really concentrate on what you're doing. Absolutely. The interesting thing for me that I've learned over the years, learning about correct posture for, for musicians and how to work with your body, is that mindset actually plays into correct posture hugely because your body will work in the way that you think it will work. And if you have an idea that your body moves from a certain area, say just an example, if I were to ask you where you think your head moves from on your neck, most people point down around their collarbone or something like that. Your head actually pivots up here between your ears. Your spine, the very top of your spine is up here in between your ears. And so when you just make that simple mental shift first from my head and neck move from down here by my collarbone, versus my head and neck move from up here between my ears, you might find that your head actually moves a lot more freely and with less tension, which is one of the foundational um, starting points of learning correct posture with me. So is there a difference between pain when you were playing, when you were doing simple songs like people start out playing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and figuring you're playing classical Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, stuff like that. Have you figured that because you're playing easy stuff, the pain is not as bad as what the more complex stuff? Typically, yes, because easier music does not require your hands to stretch and reach the way more difficult music does. Often in more difficult music, on the piano, you're playing octaves and large chords. And for me, I am a petite person. I have pretty small hands. So I have to stretch my hands and fingers even more than another person would have to with larger hands, which causes more tension for someone my size. So it's really important to make sure that anytime you're playing 
large chords, intense music, octaves, things like that, that you know how to release the tension in between all of that. Okay, you're going to laugh because right now I'm going to change the subject a little bit because I'm having a problem right here. And I was wondering, because I, when I play the, the guitar and stuff like that, I can't read sheet music. When you play, are you playing by the ear or are you reading music itself? I do read music 99% of the time. And that is another aspect of the painless piano program that I teach. I actually have a method that I use, which is not the typical standard method of sight reading. A lot of my piano clients come to me and we work through my sight reading program kind of in a remedial fashion. They probably, most of them have learned how to read music the standard way from either from YouTube or from whatever teacher they were working with. And they get to learn a completely different way that eliminates the hunting and pecking and wondering where the next note comes from. And it works really well with piano because you can see how the pattern on the staff matches perfectly with the pattern of the black and white keys, but it's totally useful for other instruments as well. So that one program will work with mainly all instruments, is what you're saying? Absolutely. It is just a matter of learning the patterns on the staff instead of the typical method that most students learn, which is, you know, every good boy does fine or face to memorize the names of the notes on the staff. That's a pretty abstract way of thinking about the notes. And I like to teach a more concrete way by showing patterns. Because that's one thing that always got me is the every good boy deserves fudge or every good boy does fine yeah. in the face. That's one thing that was hard for me in school because then you always have to say, okay, when I'm going below, it's backwards. If I'm going above, it's this. I felt like there's got to be an easier way to memorize every little thing. So that's kind of what you do then. Absolutely. There is a much easier way, in my opinion. And it isn't so much about memorizing at all, except knowing what the pattern is and knowing how to apply it. So you don't have to memorize anything per se. You just know how to recognize the pattern and you know exactly where you are. Do you work on note beats too, where a full note might get four beats, a half note get two beats, a quarter? Or do you start cutting them down like that with your schooling too? Or do you mainly just work on notes itself? I definitely incorporate what you're talking about, which is more of a music theory and working on rhythm and note values. And that's definitely part of it. Oh, that's cool. So you deal with all the aspects of music, not just playing the, the piano. You deal with all aspects then. Right. I have three different main programs that clients can work with me on either in combination or separately. The first program is technique, 
which is the posture and hand position. And ear training is included with that. And then the second program is sight reading and theory and learning more about note values, chords, scales, things like that. And then the third program is a repertoire program where they choose music that they're interested in. I might suggest something that I think is appropriate for them. And then we apply what they've already learned from that technique and ear training and sight reading and theory and apply that into the repertoire and learn a full piece of music. I got to ask this because, I mean, I'm just out there and you ever get anybody that just comes in and they try to pick something that is way above what they can do and you're like, nope, nope, we got to bring it back a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's totally understandable because if you're listening to music to Spotify or wherever you like to listen to your music and you hear this amazing grand piano piece, you're like, I want to play that. Totally. Absolutely. You do. <laughs> but we need to put the basics in place first. Otherwise, it'll take way longer than it should to actually be able to play that piece. And I won't be doing you any favors by letting you go for it. You'll think I'm the worst teacher ever because we won't make any progress. So the first person to sit down is not going to play Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen <laughs> or anything like that, right? No, we need to get some foundations in place and then we'll work our way up there. Probably, you know, we'll find some versions, easy variations of that really cool piece that you want to play so that you can have the pleasure and satisfaction of playing something that you love as soon as possible. And we'll hold off on the original version for a while. Okay. What was your first job? My first job was teaching piano. So when I was 14, my, my dad in... In, in his attempt to teach me independence, decided that I needed to be self-sufficient and I would have food and a roof over my head, but I would be responsible for all other expenses, anything I needed, my car, clothes, school. I went to public school, but, you know, anything I needed for school supplies or whatever, and I was like, what am I supposed to do? I, we lived on top of a mountain. I couldn't just go work at McDonald's or the local pizza place. And he was like, that's your problem. And I'd already been bartering piano lessons with a couple of neighbor friends. So I started wondering if maybe a couple people at my church would want cheap piano lessons for their kids. And there were a couple people who wanted cheap piano lessons for their kids. So... I started teaching from my home. They could come to me. So problem solved for not being able to go somewhere to work. And then when I did start driving, I rented a small studio from the local music store and 
after school on weekdays and on Saturdays, I had a full schedule of piano students coming through. What is your favorite season? My favorite season is definitely summer. I'm a sunshine person. What is your favorite food? I love Mediterranean. Who is your your hero? My hero, my hero is Robin Sutherland. He was the San Francisco Symphony pianist. And when I was six years old, the Christmas I was six years old, he visited my aunt and uncle. And after Christmas dinner, they asked if he would play Christmas carols on their piano. And I'm going to tear up here, (laughs) but he did. And so I just remember sitting on my aunt and uncle's living room floor, absolutely mesmerized, listening to him play all the different Christmas carols. And he noticed me watching him and he asked if I would like to sit on the bench. And little six-year-old me just nodded my head. Yes. (laughs) You know, like I don't even remember saying anything, just yes and I remember sitting on the bench and watching his fingers fly and telling myself I am going to play the piano like that someday what is your favorite dessert oh that's a tough one probably anything chocolate (laughs) what time do you wake up any time between four and six in the morning. What movie do you quote the most? Oh, movie quote. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not really a huge movie fan. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Are you a night in or a night out? I'm definitely a night in. I need my peace and quiet. <laughs> Are you a thinker or are you a doer? I am more of a thinker. I'm working on becoming more of a doer. Do you learn by watching or do you learn by doing? I definitely learn by doing. Do you tiptoe or dive in when you go swimming? Hmm. That would depend. (laughs) I probably tiptoe more often. What's your guilty pleasure? Pleasure. Oh, probably playing app games on my phone. (laughs) What motivates you? I think learning learning just recently that I am capable of doing more than I have given myself credit for and to follow that. What is your deepest fear? Deepest fear is probably, if if I can put it into words, not allowing myself to play full out. 
how do you want to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as someone who does go full, full throttle into whatever um, will make the world better for people around me. And in using music and painless piano coaching is currently my, my dream to use that to make the world better. On your gravestone, what is something you would want written to remind people of who you are that did not know you? That is a really good question. <laughs> the first thing that comes to me is, it probably sounds a little cliche, but I really feel it in my bones. She believed she could, so she did. What do you care the most about? I care about caring for my family and making sure that they are healthy and okay and safe and happy and using everything within my power to, to make that happen. Well, Lorraine, we've been talking now for a while and to me, you don't sound like a coach. You sound more or less like you're you're more than a coach to me because like you're talking about having all these things out there. You're a coach, you're a teacher, you're a mentor. But the biggest one to me is you're such a positive person that you don't let this hold you back. You you're saying, look, I'm gonna go conquer this. And nothing's going to hold me back. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I mean, like, to me, you took this, this painful lesson and you're kind of not letting it hold you back. So I'm going to give you a moment in your time to talk about whatever is most important to you about playing the piano, family, whatever it is. This time is yours. Thank you. I think the most important thing that I want people to take away from anything I have to say is something that I just learned recently. And again, it was from, it mainly came from my time on the reality show, The Blocks, just to start no matter how ugly it looks or how foolish it feels if there is a dream or desire inside inside of you just to take the first step and just start right because i mean there's there's a lot of books out there that actually talk about that a lot of times it's just that first step, putting on your shoes and just walking outside. There's a lot of things that just start with a first step. Procrastination is a big thing. Oh, I'll just start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. Well, just think tomorrow never comes. Definitely. Yeah. 
So what is your next step in your journey? My next step this year, I have three big goals. Um, number one, of course, is a finance financial goal. I will, I want my piano coaching business to reach a certain financial goal. Number two is I have the goal of having the privilege of speaking on 100 podcasts this year. And number three, can I remember it off the top of my head? <laughs> I can't. So it's, you'll just have to check in with me on my Facebook page if you want to see me talk about my third goal. <laughs> well, okay, that was my next question is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, on any of them? And if you are, what are you on? I am actually on all of them. I'm not super active on Twitter, LinkedIn, or, or TikTok. If you really want to find me there, I am username at Lorraine's Piano on all three of those. Facebook, my personal profile is my main content source where I talk about all kinds of things. And you can find me there. It's actually under my old piano studio name, which is at Lorraine's Piano Academy. Not to be confused with my business page, Lorraine's Piano Academy, because I rarely actually post anything there anymore. And I do send a few things over to Instagram every so often, which is also under at Lorraine's Piano. And I know you're going to get this question, so I'm just going to ask it. Do you take requests? Requests for Piano. piano? Piano song. Hey, can you yeah. play this song? Can you do that song? Yeah, I am happy to record it or do a Facebook Live and put it on my page. Oh, that's so cool. All right. Thank you so much. And this has been a real pleasure. It's been a while since we booked and I've been looking forward to this one. So I appreciate it. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege to sounds like I was the first your first guest of the year so <laughs> either way it's a privilege all right thank you so much I'm always looking for likes shares and reviews please give it a share and a review five stars really does help thanks for tuning in yes refill both of our coffees see you next week where we can listen once again. Please follow us on Saturday Java with Jason on Facebook and Instagram. And please follow me on Facebook at Jason Coffee Man.